Hi, welcome to the Guys from Podcast, just two guys answering the internet's questions. I'm Sean Cordingly. And I'm David R. Smith. Today we have no questions because it's time for our BIMO What We're Up To cast. Yeah, part eight. I was trying to come up with an eighth sequel and the only one I could was The Last Jedi. Is that the only eighth sequel? There's gotta be more, like, Star Trek has more movies than Star Wars, but they stopped numbering them the same way when they started right. to do TNG movies and that sort of stuff. Right. Uh, but, like, there's no Rocky Eight yet. There's, oh man, there's, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven police academies. Damn it. Yep. Mission to Moscow. Yep. Land before time. There was a thousand of those. That's to... true, but they again they stopped numbering yeah. them because no, they rebooted they for did. a new gen. Yeah. And... I can't think of any any movies that have eight. Son of a gun! Well, that's uh, that's too bad. Maybe. Starship Troopers. Really? Maybe. <laughs> once you once you add all of the animated ones, right? Yeah. Wow. Because there's a new one that just came out. Jeez, they don't really? stop making Starship Troopers. Why? Like the I know you love the first one, but it wasn't that good. No, it it really wasn't, but it's an interesting it's an interesting cheap sci-fi, right? Right. Fascist Earth fighting giant bugs. So it's super easy to do animated films for. Right. They got 3 or 4 live action out of it. Yeah, fair enough. Um what? Movies with the highest number of sequels. And I looked and it was, the first ones were Lethal Weapon and Shrek. is like, that doesn't, but I'm like, oh no, it's not Godzilla. Oh, there's a bunch of Godzillas, but they didn't have like Godzilla 8. Yeah, X-Men's it's not, that's not the same thing. Because Shin Godzilla, yeah. sure, it's a sequel. Oh, if there was one more Fast and the Furious, Furious 7 came out in 2015. Is, it, isn't there? No, but the new one came out this year. Fate, the fate of the furious. That's true. The fate. fate of the furious. The fate, the f eight of the furious. Yeah. So there yeah, you go. Okay. There's. <laughs> I mean, but then you have Friday the Thirteenth, and you have you have uh, oh, Halloween yeah, part eight. Yeah, like there's some of those, but seven. Yeah, Friday the Thirteenth Part Eight. Jason takes Manhattan. There we go. So the yeah, the, the, yeah. the BIMO what we're up to cast part eight. D- David, the guys take Manhattan. The guys take Manhattan. There we go. It took us three minutes to figure that out. I will jot that down, so that way that is our subtitle. <laughs> uh, Have you ever seen that Friday the Thirteenth? J- Jason take me- no, I haven't. It's uh, Have it's you? something. Oh yeah, yeah, I've seen them all. Yeah, I figured. I, I was going to say, like, my reaction was going to be, it. it's probably something, because... It's good cheese. Is it? Versus some of the other ones where it's just like, okay, this they're out of ideas. Like, like it's, I think it's hood. better than Jason Goes to Hell. Oh, interesting. Okay. So, there's that. Hmm. Or uh, Space Jason, Jason X. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, at, at a certain point, they all have to go to space, because I think Leprechaun also goes to space. Oh, he sure did. Yeah. So... There's that. Um. Anyway, that was a good preamble. Yeah. So this is our bi-monthly talk where we discuss what we're doing and what we've been up to. So reading, listening, playing, watching. Yeah. 
um, probably in that order. And uh, well, as I was saying to Sean before we started recording, this is the most prepared, both in the fact that I've actually written everything down and also thoroughness of the amount of things that I have been doing in the last two months. Yeah, all so, this prep you're doing, it's weird. I know, it's 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 a new leaf. Like, you, I've, I've, you even saw a new movie and reviewed it. Like how, I know. What Dave is this? Well... Lethbridge Dave has a lot more downtime than Calgary Dave did, so that... Speaking of what we're mm-hmm. up to, Dave moved. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that happened since the last time. Um, uh, yeah? I mean, we've talked about it because we, we've started doing the remote podcast, and this is our third one, I believe, that we've done remotely. Uh, yes? Because Jeremy got one in there, too, so this... Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yes, this is this is the, the third, maybe fourth one that we've done remotely, but regardless, it's it's... Something new that we're still working on, and uh, but yes, I, I moved. Yep. At the beginning of July slash end of June, so that took up a lot of my time. Yep. So that was, and yet, despite the fact that I uprooted, moved cities, and started a brand new job, so most of my June was involved with packing, and moving, and cleaning, and not doing a lot. This is still the most I've gotten accomplished as far as watching and reading and playing, because I live in Lethbridge. And while there are a lot of things to do in this city, there's also not a lot of things that I have to do in this city. So it has given me more time to do things like watch movies that are on my PVR and have been on that PVR for about a year. And Sean has told me to watch them. And now I finally got a chance to watch them. Yes, which we will get to. We will get to. But first, we're going to talk about reading. Yes. Yeah. So I have... Technically, I have four things that I've been... that are on my reading list, but... Two of them are part of the same series, so it's basically I have three. So I don't know what how many you have, Sean. I have four. Okay. If I tie all comic books together like I usually do. Okay. Well, then so, I'll let you start. I'll start with comic books. Okay. I'm still reading comics because they're really quick, bite-sized things I can read in between work calls. Right. Um, so most of what I'm doing now is newer stuff, and by newer I mean things that came out in January. Oh, wow. Okay, so like within the last six months. Yeah, because uh, Marvel Unlimited, which is what I use to read comics, well, Marvel comics, right, is six months behind. That It's like a Netflix subscription for oh, okay. Marvel comics, right? So you don't get stuff as it comes out. You get it six months later. Okay. So I'm a ways behind everybody and all that sort of stuff, but I don't really care because for $12 a month I can read one of 60 to 70,000 comic books on my iPad, and that's pretty great. Yeah. Considering each issue would cost me four bucks on its own, and I'm reading about six different series, so... So it's worth the, the little bit of investment. Yeah, it totally is. Uh, some of the highlights of what I've been reading now, I've been reading the new She-Hulk. Okay. Um, always been a She-Hulk fan. Technically, spoilers for comic books, and... So I'm giving you fair warning, and I know Dave doesn't care, so I'm not going to worry about him. <laughs> but for people listening, give me 30 seconds, starting now. So Hulk is dead. Okay. Like Bruce Banner, dead. Mm-hmm. So now She-Hulk is the Hulk. Cool, okay. Because she's the Hulk. There's still, Cho is still around, I think, the other Hulk. Okay. But Banner is dead. He was killed by Hawkeye. Wow, okay. Yeah. Now, is this something that... Civil War Two. Okay. 
I was going to say, is this something that will eventually show some light in the movie? The movies? I don't think so, because they're only getting into Infinity War. Okay. Because they just did Civil War 1 and changed it so it fit into the Marvel, like the movie universe. And Civil War 2 is going to need a whole pile of characters... I see. I just can't imagine that they're going to get there. Okay, so... One of the key characters is Captain Marvel, and her movie doesn't come out until next year, I think? Right. So even if they do Civil War Two, it's going to be years from now. Well, yeah, but probably with an entirely new set of heroes, if they even gotcha. bother doing it. Okay, okay, good to know. Uh, I'm also particularly enjoying the infamous Iron Man. Okay. Um, which is... Again, spoilers, I suppose. <laughs> Again. But uh, Doctor Doom has taken up the mantle of Iron Man. Really? Yeah, because Tony Stark is in a coma mm-hmm. after Was Civil War Two. as a result of Civil War Two. Okay. Uh, yeah, well, Tony Stark, you've seen Iron Man, right? You've seen yeah. enough stuff that you get the, the Tony Stark. He's got a nuclear reactor in his chest that powers a suit yeah. kind of idea. Yeah, I've I what? I've seen I think I've as far as superhero movies I've seen all the Iron Mans and that's that's the only one where I've seen all the movies in the series. Okay, great. Yeah, um, he is on one side and Captain Marvel who can she's got a cosmic power essentially she controls energy so you if you okay. hit her with energy she can store it and send it back to you. Oh, cool. Yeah, I really like Captain Marvel. I'm also reading her new series. Um, But, so that was, she was on the other side and punched through Tony's suit. Wow. Yeah. I also read Civil War 2, if that's not clear. (laughs) It it (laughs) sure seems like it. Yeah. Um, You said that there is a Captain Marvel movie coming out next year? Uh, Yes, I think it's next year. Who is playing Captain Marvel? Uh, Brie Larson. Nice. Yeah, it's really good casting. Yeah, I mean, I know nothing about Captain Marvel. Is she, has she always been female? Yes. Well, awesome. Mm, Captain Marvel, no, but Carol Danvers as Captain Marvel, she kind of takes over for Captain Marvel because originally she's Miss Marvel. Oh, okay. And then Miss Marvel, she goes off cosmically because she's a like an air force pilot and then she gets long story short she gets the powers of captain marvel who's a cosmic kinetic energy guy gotcha interesting Uh, so she's been around for quite some time oh yeah and now miss marvel is camilla khan so they they turn that into a like a teen girl i haven't read it yet i'm not sure if she's indian or pakistani or It's it's on my my to-read list. Right. And basically what you're saying is, so there's Captain Marvel, who is the character that Brie Larson is going to play, but there is also, on top of Captain Marvel, there's still a Miss Marvel. Right. I see. Cool. Huh. Well, that sounds interesting. I I, I love the idea of being able to store energy and just, like, I assume you can expel that energy whenever you want. It's not like you can just keep bringing energy in, and the more energy you bring in, just the bigger your reaction is going to be. Well, you... It's when you want to a point, but at a certain point, she just gets too much, right? Okay. Like, she right. could, in theory, absorb a sun, but... Good lord. Like, that would be kind of sketchy. Right. Okay, fair enough. But yeah, so it's just... 
I like I've talked about pretty much every time we do this, I like the fact that I can pick it up. I can read a couple issues in 10 minutes and then be like, all right, great. Now I have to get back to this other thing. So, yeah, totally. That's why I read them as much as I do. That's fair. Cool. The book I'm reading that is kind of an ongoing project because it's thick and dense. And I might have talked about it a couple months ago. Um, and it just there's there's a lot to it is The Agony and the Ecstasy by Irving Stone. I it's, think uh, you mentioned it. I think I think I probably did and probably said that I'd still be reading it because it's a very thick book and it's one of those ones. So it's about Michelangelo uh, when he was growing up. I mean, he's still a kid in in the the section of the book that I'm in because I kind of put it on the back burner. But um, okay, it's uh, it's about it's kind of a, a biographical novel of his life, and so. I mean, it will eventually course through him painting the Sistine Chapel and his dealings with the Medicis and all of that sort of stuff and just the trials and tribulations that came along with being such a profound artist. So, cool. um, yeah, it's a, it's a, I know it's a, a favorite of my family's, which is one of the reasons why I've always felt like I need to, to read it. But there are, there are a lot of names and a lot of people that I have to keep track of and a lot of Italian terms. And so it's a very dense book. Yeah. Um, but very interesting nonetheless. I know um, Charlton Heston played the played the uh, the movie version back in the 60s. Oh, uh, man. Michelangelo. Yeah. That is perfect casting. Yeah, right? <laughs> when I think yeah, Michelangelo, so. I think Charlton Heston. Well, who doesn't, really? They're basically one and the same. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. The last thing I read is he got into a debate about the merits of sculpture versus painting with a bunch of the other people that, with whom he was apprenticing at this art gallery, essentially. And uh, so it was very interesting to see just his reaction to sculpture versus versus uh, painting. So it's, yeah. it's, it's cool. It's, uh, it's, a really, it's a really neat read. And so I'm, I will get back to it eventually, but likely two months from now I will still be reading it. Because, like I said, it's it's very dense, and I have other things on the go. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Next, for me, I think Frankenfran. What is Frankenfran? It is a manga series. Okay. Which, it's, it's completely finished. Take Frankenstein, and mm-hmm. I mean the doctor, and Frankenstein's monster, and put them into the same person. So, like, imagine if Frankenstein's modder, yeah. monster, I'll just call him Adam from now on, sure, just yeah. to make this easier. Yeah. So imagine if Adam had six arms, was a 22-year-old girl, and had this crazy science brain of Dr. Frankenstein. Cool. So Dr. Frankenstein is still out in the world somewhere, still making more monsters. Sure, because he clearly didn't learn his lesson. No, well, the, what lesson is there to learn? She's nice, and she's a really excellent surgeon, but she's also a very experimental surgeon. Okay, fair, yeah. So, who works with cloning and makes random monsters, and one of her main friends is a, a boy whose body is on a dog, kind of like in Mars Attacks. <laughs> okay. But she also makes him people suits, so that way they can go out to fancy dress parties. Weird. It's super weird, but it, it was recommended to me that I would like it. And I'd always kind of stayed away from it because the covers made it seem like it was some sort of, uh, I don't want to say hentai, which is porn. 
Right. But it was kind of a weird softcore porn look to it, but it's not that at all. It's gory, it's funny, and it's a weird take on the Frankenstein mythos. So, huh. Yeah. Cool. Frankenfran. Okay. Well, there you go. Um I mean, I'm not huge into manga, but that one sounds compelling anyway. <laughs> it's good. It's really good. Very cool. Uh, my second book that I've been reading is Fight Club. Okay, yep. Yeah. Uh, I actually bought it used here in Lethbridge when I was down looking for a place to live. And uh, just found it in a used bookstore that I just happened to be exploring and thought, you know, I've never read any of Palinyuk's stuff. And oh, okay. I wanted to see the difference between the book and the movie. And while I can still picture a lot of the book, there are certainly differences because there always are. And yep. uh I found it very interesting. It's not a difficult read, and so it was just something that I thought, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll pick this up. And so it's one that I, because I know the story so well from the movie, I can just kind of come back into it whenever I feel like it. So yeah. it's sitting on my nightstand, and you know, and, and it's one that I'll be like, okay, yeah, I'll just start up from here again, and and we'll have no problem falling back into where I was. So I feel like I, I will probably finish that one fairly soon as well because um, it's it's like I said it's not a hard read but it's it's cool it's just interesting to see the what spurred on the the movie well it's really novella length mm-hmm. almost more than a novel like because if, if I remember right I read it a long time ago right it's only it's under 300 pages isn't it yeah it's it's not a, a, a thick book and I mean most most standard movie lengths like most movies that are standard two hour length, come from books that are about that thickness because if it's any thicker then there's there's so much information that you have to churn through exactly that that's why the movie. 400 page hobbit is three movies i totally get it dave <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah but i mean it's one of the reasons why why different seasons by stephen king has been turned into th- three of those four novellas have been turned into movies is a because they're just yeah. such good stories but also because they're short enough that you can make a very good movie out of it, but not feel like you're dragging it out too long. No, that's fair. Yeah, so, yeah, it's it's not too long, and I, I it, it's one that I, I should be able to finish fairly fairly soon. Cool. Mm-hmm. Next up for me, I'll stick with manga, and I'll end with the book book. Uh, but So next up for me is one called History. Okay. Uh, history with an I-E instead of a Y. Okay. And it is about uh, Eumenes, who is one of Alexander the Great's generals. Oh. And it starts with him as a kid growing up and then meeting Alexander when Philip of Macedon is still alive. Huh. Interesting. Okay. So it's like him learning stuff. It's him just kind of going through life. He starts, he thinks he's a noble son, but then he finds out he's actually an adopted Scythian. So then he's lowered to the level of a slave, and then his slave ship revolts, and then he goes off to try and live peacefully, and then he gets involved with a war, and no, it like it's it's been really good. Wow. It won some sort of award in twenty ten. I can't remember which one, but some like a shonen award. Okay. Cool. For being a great series. And it is. It's it's really great. It's very simple. Okay. In terms of like it's not a very dense art style so you really get a sense of everything right and it's a very quick read as well okay versus something like berserk 
totally. Which is a very uh, it's much denser fantasy kind of oh, thing. Gotcha. So a lot, all of the panels have more in it. Oh, okay. Whereas I see. this is a much more simple, clean design. Right. So there's not as much detail in the panel, so you don't spend as much time analyzing each each frame, essentially. But when there, yeah, and when there, but when there is, it's for a purpose. Right. It's not just lush for the sake of being lush. It's okay. Well, here's the here is the squadron or the phalanx. Of soldiers, and it's just okay. There's more detail here to actually see a difference. Gotcha. That makes so, sense. Cool. Yeah, it's cool. Very cool. The final thing that I'm reading right now is I've I've restarted on the Harry Potter series. Oh, okay. Just I was unpacking my books, and like I, I've got my little um, study area set up. So I've got my other TV and my my Sega set up in there, and I just I have a couple bookshelves. So I was unpacking all my my novels and my um, my I guess my comic books, like the, the few that I have and my, my Calvin and Hobbes and stuff like that. And, and on my Instagram, I posted that I had my, my, Cal, my complete works of Calvin and Hobbes and then my Lord of the Rings and then my Harry Potter books all side by side by side. And yeah, I saw uh, that. Yeah. And so I just kind of looked at like, you know, it's been a long time since I've read those Harry Potter books. Like the, the first one came out 20 years ago, but it was, um, uh, it was, I think I read it for the first time in about 2006. Four when I read the first book, and oh, okay. uh, it was right after the movie came out, I think. And so I thought, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll check this out. And I loved the first book, and then just kind of fell into to how good they were. And so I, I've read the first one. I read it in about a week because it's not a hard read. And well, it uh, is YA. Yeah, exactly. Right. And so yeah. so I started in on um, the Chamber of Secrets. I just started that one yesterday, but I'm already a good chunk of the way through because they're not thick and they're not they're not hard reads and so i um i went for that and uh yeah that's uh that's what i'm reading right now cool Mm -hmm. last for me same as it was i think when we first started talking is dune oh yeah yeah i remember you talking about that that last or two months ago i should say Mm -hmm. it's slow going yeah it's very good i think but I'm having trouble. Right. Well, I'm just I'm having trouble committing. Like I'm having trouble getting into it. When I have the two hours, it's just like, ah, do I yeah. want to sit and read Dune? And I look at it and I pick it up and I maybe get through a chapter and then I go, okay, this is really good, but it's just not speaking to me. Yeah, that's fair. I've had books like that too, where where it's interesting and. Com- I've been saying compelling a lot today, but it's it's something. It's just, and maybe that's the problem is it's not compelling enough that I that I feel like I really want to read it. And I've gotten to that point where if I if I have found a book that I really like, all I want to do is read that book. Like when I read The Martian, I yeah. read it in a week, and and uh, there was a couple others last year that that I read because all I wanted to do was was read these books. And then there's some where I'll read it and I'll finish it, but it takes me forever because I just don't care enough that I really want to get it done yeah that's that's pretty much where I am at right with Dune. okay and then there's books where I just don't care at all and just stop reading them because I'm like if I'm not enjoying it at all what's the point of continuing to read this no exactly so that's totally fair yeah but yeah it just I know it's good and I can tell it is good mm-hmm. and it feels like something I should be really enjoying but it just I don't even know how many hundred pages I am in. 300 maybe? Right. And it still doesn't have its hooks in oh, to where I am. Like, oh man, I got an hour and a half. I should read some Dune. 
I'm like, I guess I could, or I could go outside, listen to a podcast, uh-huh. maybe read a comic, uh-huh. play a game. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, that's, and that's the thing. Like sometimes, sometimes those books just don't grab you, and I mean, you you kind of want to get through them because it's a classic or whatever the case is. But at the same time, it's just like, is it worth it? Or there's other things I'd rather be doing. So yeah, yeah. no, I get that. So we'll see, I guess, in September, October. Oh yeah, right, right, no, right, right. It's yeah, August, yeah, dude. Sorry. We'll see in October right. whether or not I am still doing this <laughs> or not. Still dooning this? Uh huh. <laughs> uh, so, uh, what did I uh, uh, did I mention that we now have an explicit rating? Oh, do we? Yeah, if we'd switch to an explicit rating. Hmm. For all that cussing we do? Well, there's a bit more, and sometimes we do get into a gray area, and I would yeah. rather we just not worry about it, where it's like, oh, totally. do I have to edit that out? And blah. Nah. Yeah, I mean, I'm still going to try not to let the F words fly, but uh, it's good to know that if it happens, we just kind of... Roll with it. Yeah, exactly. It's how we talk. Right? It's part of our conversation. So, so if y'all yeah. don't like it, sorry. I came so close to just dropping one right there. <laughs> <laughs> just because. But that's the thing. Now you could. Sweet. Now you could. Beautiful. Anyway. Uh, we're moving listening. on to listening, right? Cool. I've got mostly podcasts, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So do you want me just to go first with the standard music-wise? I'm listening to stuff for the Daily Song Drop, which appears every weekday on theguysfrom.com. Sure. Is there any any particular ones you want to point out in the podcast as well? It's been a lot of returns in at near the end of July, especially. Artists that are releasing new stuff uh, that I've talked about before. The Struts have a new single. Okay. One Night Only, which is pretty fantastic. Nice. Uh, I think Jen Miller is going to be coming back probably by the time this podcast airs, if not a little bit after. Dubby came back just to this last few weeks. No, it's it's been a it's been really interesting that I'm starting to see some repeats of some of these indie artists who are coming out now where I talked about them in March or even last year. Nice. Being like, "Man, I can't wait for an EP to drop." And now they're dropping. So it's kind of fun. Right. Yeah, and I mean, the Daily Song Drop is getting a ton of love on Twitter, which is really fun. Yeah. I really like, enjoy it. Plus, we're now available on both Apple Music and Spotify for free on Spotify. So yeah. the monthly playlists yeah. are available for everybody to listen to if you use one of the two biggest services on the planet. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, that's that's really, really nice. Yeah. So, you know, a little bit more accessible. But uh, I don't really do much on the guys from podcast Twitter. Mostly it's just the odd time that I will... Um, Retweet something or... I mean retweet something but usually because it's set up when we when we blog we just click the the social media it just uploads it right to twitter anyway yeah but it's just nice to to still have access to it and every now and then i'll just my twitter will explode from all these different notifications of people who are retweeting and commenting and and mentioning our our daily song drop and as part of their twitter and it's just it's really cool to see that we're getting some love out there so that's pretty rad yeah it's growing so yeah I'll keep so doing it because people are liking it. 
Yeah, there you go. <clears throat> so that's all you've got for for music? No, I've got a few. Th- oh, okay. Just some of the stuff I'm randomly listening to, like okay. albums and things. Gotcha. So the first, uh, okay, for me, the first thing I'm listening to, I'm kind of on a Decemberist's kick right now. Oh, okay. And uh, that comes from, spoiler alert to the second part of this podcast, I guess. I've been, I was re-watching The Office as background noise. Because I always like to have something, if I'm not, like, you've talked about watching things, you know, Simpsons or whatever is background noise as you're cooking, and yep. and The Office is one of my go-tos, and uh, one of the last episodes of the entire series, they play Sons and Daughters by the Decemberists, oh, okay. and it's a it's just a gorgeous song, and the, the episode is really good, and so it's just one of those, like, ah, oh, I should check out some more of their stuff, so I've been listening to a little bit of their, their stuff, and so... Um, you can thank the office for that. Nice. I can thank the office for that. I guess. Well, I'm I'm happy you're listening to music that's not Pearl Jam. So I will thank the office. <laughs> Fair enough. It's not all about Pearl Jam. Just sometimes. Most of the time. Like sixty-five percent of the time. Yeah, that's two thirds. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else are you listening to? Smashing Pumpkins. Nice. I got back into a Smashing Pumpkins kick. I started with Gish, and I've been working my way through the discography a bit. Just, like, grab a beer, sit on my deck, watch the sun go down, and listen to a Pumpkins album. Really been enjoying that as a wind-down after long work days. That sounds okay, actually. That sounds like a really good way to, to end a day. Yeah, it's been quite nice. Yeah, especially, I mean, like... The, the sitting having been on your balcony on several occasions it's a great place to watch the sun go down like you've got a great view and it's the you know you, you face west so it it cooks your apartment but when you're sitting on the balcony it's just beautiful yeah it's super nice and even when after the sun goes down and it's cold the brick because my building is brick mm-hmm. the brick is still warm so you can lean against the brick so you're still warm but it's you're cooling off at the same time it's really nice yeah it's it's kind of perfect and having the right album to to sit and do that with is is great and i feel like yeah there'd be some really good pumpkins ones yeah it's been quite nice i like how uh, how many more do you have cuz i've actually got several m- music wise or yeah music wise just one uh two okay i can lop off a few okay or group a couple together. Cool. Um, I was just going to say... Um, no, it's gone. It was something to do with your balcony or pumpkins? what have it. Or pumpkins. Oh, yeah. I like how literally the last two bands that we've mentioned have been Pearl Jam and the Pumpkins. And they were on last week's uh, throwback tracks. Both of them. Because, you know, it's just kind of the way it goes sometimes. Like, we can yeah, go forever that, without that talking about something, and it's like, oh, yeah, pumpkins and Pearl Jam. And, I mean, Pearl Jam is somewhat regular part of my vernacular. But, you know, pumpkins, we haven't talked about them in forever. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, I'm going to use those out of throwback tracks. And Sean's been listening to them. So it's just sometimes yeah. it comes back around. Well, I think the last time we probably talked about both of them was, well, no, you mentioned Pearl Jam all the time. But the last time we mentioned about both of them music-wise was probably debut albums of all time. That would make sense, yeah. I think. Could be, yeah. In the same breath, it was probably so, something like that. So, yeah. yeah. I also, I mean, I like the the Pumpkins. I just don't listen to a lot of their stuff. But it's not for lack of enjoyment. It's just I tend to mix it up a little bit. So, my listening, what else am I listening to? I am listening to, 
I, I think I've mentioned it before, but I'm still listening to them because they're they're very good. It's called the Steel Drivers. I think. Uh, oh, that kind sounds of a, familiar. Yeah. Yeah, they're kind of a country bluegrass folky type band, and uh, their album is called Reckless. One of their albums is called Rest, Reckless, and uh, their lead singer is a, a country artist named Chris Stapleton, who has kind of gone off and done his own solo thing now. But the the album is very good, and I just kind of re- okay. re remembered how good it was. I was I was listening to it the other day, and I just popped it on. I think it was I can't remember what I was doing. I was driving somewhere. I think, and I was just like, oh yeah, this album, and so it's a very good driving album, and just a, a good one to have on my phone, so, it's, uh, I mean, I know you're not big into to country, but it's kind of got a folky bluegrass feel, so, and it's not like your typical twangy, rocky country, it's, it's got a different feel oh, to nice. it, so, might be worth investigating, but I also wouldn't be heartbroken if you didn't, because it's not necessarily your taste, so. Yeah, that doesn't sound like my jam, but <laughs> still. Yeah. That's all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Within the last couple of months, we also got Hopeless Fountain Kingdom, Halsey's second album. Oh, okay. Which I loved Badlands. Then we saw her on Roadies, loved her more, and so this is her next (laughs) album. (laughs) Yep, fair. And it is pretty fantastic. It's a lot sadder. Yeah. But it's quite, quite good. Uh, and to, I'm going to tie these two together as well because I picked them up at the exact same time. But I've also been enjoying Melodrama by Lord. Okay. I knew that they were kind of coming out right around the same time. Yeah. Both have been both have been really good. Okay. That's good to know. Um, I don't have either of the – I don't have Lord's earlier stuff. But, I mean, Royals was just such a massive hit that I, everybody knows who Lord is. Yeah, uh, Halsey was a little for me was a little lesser known until I saw her on Roadies, and but I love her voice. Yes, and would probably will probably investigate uh, that that album because it sounds pretty amazing. Yeah, do, Badlands uh, Badlands is really good, and that would be what the Roadies stuff is about. Okay, around that would be her f- earlier album. Can't remember yeah. if it's first or second. Uh, and then the new one is more of a weird concept character album. But okay. it's good. Cool. I don't want to make it sound like it's all out there like some rush thing, but it's like it's it's a little <laughs> different. I don't necessarily mind concept albums. Essentially, it's just... it's, it's like a, a of a relationship gone wrong. She invented a character to write about an entire album about a relationship, essentially, like in love. Right. Okay. So yeah, no, cool. it's good. Awesome. Uh, the other album that I'm listening to, it's nothing new. Uh, I've had it. I've, I've. I don't think I've talked about them because I never remember that I'm listening to them. But I know we've put something of theirs up on. It was either on Tuesday Tunes. I think it was still back in the Tuesday's Tunes. Uh, but it's Shred Kelly. Oh the, yeah. Yep. The Fernie band from BC. I guess Fernie is in BC. But yeah, they're a, a just a bunch of ski bums. and they're from Fernie, and they just put out some pretty decent tunes. And I know that. I think earlier the week of our recording this, they were filming a, a, a music video in Calgary, I think. But um, oh, nice. I'm listening to to one of their earlier albums because I love their early stuff. And and uh, I mean, their lead singer—I can't remember what his name is—but he's got such a like he's got f- phenomenal banjo skills. But it's not like a bluegrass band. It's just a kind of a, a group that has a like the sound unto themselves. But they have banjo and ukulele and mandolin and just kind of Do you want unique, some help? I- unique instruments. 
Do you want some help describing them a little bit? Because yeah. I literally do this every day as part of technically now thanks to Revenue a Job. Yeah. <laughs> They're indie folk pop. Indie folk pop. Yep. There you go. Okay. Well, regardless, uh, they're pretty great. They've got some yeah, they are. great voices and tremendous musicianship. So I hope if they're filming a new music video, that theoretically means that a new album should be out fairly soon, which would be great. And uh, we'll see. Uh, if you guys, I mean, I don't know where all these listeners are from, but if there's anybody in Western Canada who ever gets a chance to see Shred Kelly, I would definitely recommend it. Okay. I'm going to call a bit of an audible okay. because spoilers I can talk about one of the albums in my watching category okay perfect uh, and I'll talk run the I'll talk run the jewels 3 by run the jewels obviously right uh and this is all thanks to that black panther trailer oh really uh, you know that that song in the black panther trailer yeah that that's run the jewels off run the jewels three so i was like i love this song i got the song i'm like why don't i just check out the rest of the album and i did mm-hmm. and i dig it so i've been listening to it okay cool simple as that and why not yeah i like it sometimes that's all it takes yeah i feel like you and i have a few of the same podcasts Potentially, as I do tell you about what I'm listening to, and I started before you did, mm-hmm. so, yep. Yeah, and so there's a couple that you told me about that I have on my list, so... Okay. Um, I yeah. try not to double up, because I listen to 30-some podcasts, so it's not too hard. So if we have a crossover, we'll just talk about it at the same time. Okay. Um, I have then I have four to your however many you're 30 <laughs> so okay what's your first one my first one I, okay we've talked about this one before and so I'm just gonna say uh, I you were the second person to talk about Crime Town. oh yeah okay and it's amazing and I've I'm almost all the way through it now it's just a, a, such a, a interesting thing to listen to and I look forward to a second season so I'm not going to get too much into yeah. that because I think literally on the last what we're up to, you talked about Crime Town. So it's not one that I'm gonna gonna dwell on. So that's one that I've been I'm listening to just to to get through it because I feel like a new season is going to be out fairly expeditiously. So um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not sure when when the first one got released, but it doesn't really matter. I'm just trying to get through it so I can listen to it as they get churned out now. So that's but for new listeners within the last two weeks or two months, just give them a quick rundown. So it basically it it explores crime that has happened in one city, and so for the first season it talks about uh, organized crime in, uh, well, not just organized crime, but it talks about the situation in Providence, Rhode Island. Yep. And so it goes back and forth to uh, exploring the the mob side, which was led by um, uh, Raymond. Part, pa, pa, patriarcha, Raymond Patriarca. Yep. And then it also explores the the side of Buddy Cianci, who was the mayor of Providence. Somehow. Somehow. Despite the fact that he was kind of a lunatic and got indicted for torturing somebody. Uh-huh. And so he had to resign as mayor because a ma- a mayor with a federal with a felony charge cannot be mayor. But there's nowhere in the laws that say that he can't rerun for mayor. And so he reruns and gets 
elected again. Sure does. <laughs> because apparently people in Providence love Buddy Cianci. So, yeah, there's that. Um, I haven't gotten back to his re-election yet. I'm, I think I'm just just shy of that. But it's, okay. it's a very interesting story. And I mean, I've got any time I drive to and from Calgary, I have two hours to to drive and to listen to stuff. So it's a good time to listen because they're about half an hour episodes each. So I can churn through yep. two or three episodes in, in one drive and still be able to listen to a different podcast. So it's, uh, it's well worth the listen for anybody who is new to our podcast. Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, first up for me then, how about I go with a podcast that came as a recommendation on the feed of Crime Town? Okay. They talked about Mogul. Yeah. Which is also by Gimlet Media, which is about Chris Lighty, who it ran Violator Management Group, which you may not recognize, specifically listeners. I know Dave probably won't because he's not that much into hip hop, but Chris Lighty was a manager for so, so many different acts and was kind of the heart of the whole 80s through 90s and the rise of hip-hop. Like, he was 50 Cent's manager. Okay. He was the Jungle Boys, and Jungle Boys, that's really old-school, like, birthplace of hip-hop. He was from the city, city being New York. So he was around when the guys, when the MCs were plugging their turntables into light posts to steal power to do dance parties on blocks and that sort of stuff like that. He started at the very beginning and was there through until his death. So Mogul is his story, basically done in the same sort of crime town style, uh, different host, obviously, and just talking about that whole kind of the rise of hip hop Sure. through his story. It's really good. Cool. Very cool. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Go Gimlet. My second podcast is uh, the 30 for 30 podcast. That can also be my second podcast. I I figured because, like I said, you were the one who, who told me about it. So yep. for any sports fans who listen to this, it's it's you take the, the ESPN 30 for 30 documentary series and turn it into hour-long podcasts. Yes, but not specifically taking video versions. They did audio specific documentaries just in the same style yeah same style same kind of group of producers but new stories and so you don't have to to watch anything so right i have listened to four i know there's some more on my on my phone waiting to to be heard but i've listened to four so the first one was um the first one was dave and dan i think right yes yeah so it was about dave johnson and dan o'brien and their adidas campaign in 1992 before because they were both yeah or sorry reebok yeah, yeah yeah they were both uh decathletes and they were both supposed to go to the to the barcelona olympics and i say supposed to i'm not going to get into more because if you listen to the podcast you'll hear all about it um yep. the second one was about the the guys who made hundreds made the yankees suck t-shirts yeah and made hundreds of thousands of dollars selling these yankees suck t-shirts outside fenway um, Which is the reason I told Dave about the podcast, because mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, I'm in my kitchen cooking dinner, literally listening to a story about Yankee suck t-shirts. You need to listen to this, too. <laughs> yeah, and I had I I had ample time, because I was driving out, again, from Calgary to, or Lethbridge to Calgary, and then out to Vernon, so I had time to listen. So I listened to both of them on that road trip, and it was, they're both very, very cool stories. Yes. The third one was about a group 
it was a relay group of all women who have who did the first all women trek to the North Pole. Yep. Which was a really good episode. Really good episode. And, like, first-hand accounts from some of the people who did it and, you know, the first-hand accounts of people who fell through the ice and had to basically pull themselves out of this ice in order to not die and not freeze to death. And it was it was really cool. And then the last one, the one that I just listened to, was about uh, a lady who... and Her and Phil Ivey, the poker player, took the, the what is arguably the largest casino in the world in London... Uh, they took them for ten or fifteen million dollars or something like that by advantage well, play. Advantage play. So the the casino yeah. has withheld their money because they said that they were cheating, and so Phil Ivey has sued them for his money and is basically waiting to hear on the appeal because technically, while they were advantage playing. Their argument is, we didn't cheat. We just asked the casino to do a bunch of things, and they acquiesced. And so how is it cheating if the casino is doing all this for us? Yeah, so, because it's a it's a Baccarat scheme, mm-hmm. and you literally don't touch the cards in Baccarat. Yeah, exactly. So, and they just kept making requests of the casino, and the casino kept saying, yeah, we can do that. Sure, we can do that. And because the casino kept doing that, it's almost like, well, how is it cheating if you guys are honoring all this? And I, I, I understand both sides of the argument. Yeah. So it's just it'll be interesting. There was one guy, uh, another another guy that they were interviewing in this podcast who was an advantage player himself, and he's been keeping a very close eye on this because he said nowadays if you win big at a casino, they will hold your your money until they decide for sure whether or not you are cheating, or they just say, well, you know, we were you were counting cards, and they don't have any proof, and so but they'll still keep it because they just don't want to give you that money, and yep. so it's almost the casino wins either way, and it's. Well, since we're dangerous. An un- well, it's dangerous, but it's also since it's an uncensored, or since we have the explicit tag now, it's bullshit. Yeah, so it it's is. it's really frustrating that the casinos have can win both ways, and it's frustrating. And and so it, I think there are a lot of people who are watching this with very keen things at this at stake. They, there's a lot at stake with the outcome of this at the in the British Supreme Court. So yeah. Anyway, it's a, it's a really cool story. And so those are the four on this 30 for 30 podcast. And there's another one. I know there's another one on my phone. And I'm really – I think it, it's about a, a boxing match that takes place in a prison or something. So I don't know much about it. It's, but. About, a, it's about a boxer, like a, a guy who wanted to be a professional boxer who had a really troubled life and ended up in prison for 30 years. Okay. But had got in touch with – like he was just in the perfect situation – where the warden believed in rehabilitation to the point where he wanted to do stuff like start a boxing school. So people who are in prison could learn to be cut men and timekeepers. And so that way they have, rather than just throwing them away, giving them a chance. So this guy goes in and he is like, he is a boxer. So, they hooked up with a promoter who was able to get the number one contender for light heavyweight division to come into the prison to box him. Okay. And he wins. So then all of a sudden they have, it's a, and that's really early in the podcast. So I don't feel bad about saying Mm -hmm. that also it's history. So come on now. Right. Uh, So then it's the story of what happened to his, with his boxing career because he is stuck in maximum security prison. Interesting. Also, this is a perfect time for anyone who is interested in this to check out 30 for 30 because that fifth episode is the end of the first season. 
<coughs> oh, really? Yes. Son of a... Okay, <clears throat> good to know. I mean, that's not necessarily a bad thing. That just means that there's more podcasts I can get to in the meantime, so... And they're going to come back. It's just they need the time because these are intensive. Totally. <laughs> like, yeah, for sure. I mean, you're churning out, like, how long does it take to make one 30 for 30 series, like, one documentary for for the TV? Now, obviously, there's a little bit more to it with TV shot with camera shots and everything, but still... You're interviewing, you're getting the stories. There's a lot that goes into it. And the fact that yeah. they turned out five within a short period of time is remarkable. So, uh, cool. Huh. Um, We're at 50 minutes. How many yeah. more do you have? <laughs> I have basically, I have one more. I could have two, but I, I haven't really started on the other one. So I can bring it up next time. Cool. Let's do one more each. Okay. Uh, do you want me to go first? Sure. Okay. It's LeVar Burton Reads. Nice. So, yeah. Again, another one that Sean told me about. So basically, anybody of our generation who grew up watching LeVar Burton on Reading Rainbow is familiar with the fact that he loves reading and wanted other people to read as well. So literally, this is just a podcast of him taking short stories and reading them to a podcast audience. Yep. It's really... He's got the perfect voice for it. I love that it's him doing it, and it's kind of amusing just listen and then he breaks it down at the end of the at the end of the podcast a little bit and talks about his favorite parts and everything and it's just it's a really cool idea and so why not it's basically like a book on tape read by lavar burton yeah it's it's awesome yeah and he even says in the first episode that it's probably a lot of on or on a lot of millennials bucket lists to have me read them a bedtime story so it's like why don't i just do a podcast that's exactly that like exactly yep. That's yeah. uh, that's awesome. Yeah. So that's my last one. Cool. My last one uh, is one that's been around for quite a while, actually. Okay. But I just started getting into off of a recommendation from my friend Samantha, uh, and that's Dead Pilots Society. I love uh, the title. With Andrew Reich and Ben Blacker, it is a bunch of writers who have pilots like pilot episodes of series that they absolutely love but never for whatever reason got into pilot season or got it picked up. Uh, this is where they get together, usually at like a sketch fest or they have an evening where they get a whole bunch of actors together and they do table reads and that's that's the podcast. Cool. So I'm only a f- three episodes in. But the last one I listened to was John Hodgman wrote an FX comedy series pilot. Really? Yes, called Only Child, about him being an only child, where he was going to play himself as a 13-year-old. Oh my god, that's amazing. (laughs) The table read is so funny. And it's just, I loved that episode so much. Uh, And they also had uh, Janet Varney... John Ross Bowie, Abe Shabon, Mark Agliardi, Adam Savage. Like, it just, they get such good casts to do this as well. The first episode had Molly Shannon as the lead character because it was literally written for her. Like, it was a to be her series. So they got her cool. to read the lead. That's amazing. There was an hour long one written by Thomas Lennon. Uh, from like Reno 911 and the state. Okay, yeah. Called Formosa, where it's 
about the porn industry in the 30s and 40s, like super early porn industry Hollywood. Okay. But it's done kind of like it's a dark FX style hour long, like a Fargo or like a Breaking Bad or something like it's done in that style, but written by Thomas Lennon. Cool. And so you just you get to listen to the first the pilot episode of series that will never happen. That's a and it's really so cool good. idea. Yeah, it's real Dead good. Pil- Plus, great title. Great yeah, series Dead, title. Like Dead Pilot Society is so good. Very cool. Uh, that will probably be another one I investigate at some point. Yeah. Well, now that 30 for 30 is on break. There you go. I mean, unless you're looking to get finally get into You Must Remember This, which is film history. Yeah. <laughs> Podcasts are like... They're like TV shows in that sense that if you fall too far behind, it takes a long time to catch up. But the nice thing about, again, you must remember this, a podcast I talk about every time, which is why I brought it up, because I would be remiss Mm -hmm. if I didn't, is that they are done by season. So if you're like, "Eh, I don't really care about this, but I really want to listen to this, the Blacklist one. It's all about the communist era, McCarthyism in Hollywood. Or I really want to listen to the Charles Manson story. Then it's 14, 15 hours. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's 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 the same as Hardcore History, whereas, like, Countdown to Apocalypse, or Blueprint for Armageddon, I think, was what it was called, was a six-part miniseries, basically. And if you really like that one, then it was just those six. And then I haven't really gotten back to the, the Hardcore History again, because that was the one I really wanted to listen to. So it's just like, you can break it down series by series, where with us, it's literally once a week. So we don't have seasons, we just have random shit that we talk about. Yeah, exactly. Although the difference between you must remember this and hardcore history is hardcore history requires four hours an episode. Right. <sighs> yeah, which is definitely one that, you know, I would just piecemeal it as I was driving because I didn't have four straight hours that I could just sit and listen to a podcast. Yep. All right. Uh, this is starting to be a two hour podcast. So Starting to be. My God, it's going to be the longest one we've ever done. I think so. Because yeah. you're doing stuff. I know. It used to be just like, I have a thing. Be like, oh, okay, fine. I'll go faster. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, our second half is brought to you by Raisins. Didn't see that coming, did you? Well, Raisins are back. And better than ever, as they're now even more Raisins. Enjoy Raisins everywhere that you eat food the beach, your balcony, at home, at work, in the passenger seat of a 1978 Camaro that has been lowered, but not so much that it's not street legal, but close. You know, I mean, it's a muscle car, sure, but there's just something to be said about really that old school muscle car cut that... Sean, Sean, Sean. Raisins! And we're back, and we're jumping on to what we're playing, and the first game I'm playing is MLB 2K12. That's right, I found MLB 2K12. Shock and surprise. I know. I was really, really excited. I didn't realize that it was still in my possession at my house. I don't know how that happened, but I was going through a bunch of Xbox games that got left behind by previous roommates, and happened to find that game so i got really really excited because it's a baseball game that i can play and i'm having a riot playing it Uh, manny ramirez still playing uh no manny retired before that i think 
Uh, it wouldn't have been much before that, but he's. I'm on the Red Sox team, and I don't think Manny's with us. So okay, yeah. Um, it's it's as good as I remember. There, I think the the disc is a little scratched up. So every now and then I'll be through the middle of a game, and it will say that the disc is unreadable, and then it'll just quit, which is really frustrating because it usually happens when I'm having a really good game. <laughs> of course, it never happens as is tradition when I'm going over. And, you know, it's a big extra innings game, and I've gone 0 for 7 or whatever. It's I'm 2 for 3, and I've got two stolen bases and a couple RBIs, and it's like, oh, the disc is unreadable. We have to quit. <laughs> oh, okay. So it's it's a little glitchy as well. Like, I, I would still like a PlayStation for a better version of a baseball game, but the fact that I can play something is nice, and so I'm not too upset yeah. about it. Um, but yeah, I think it was in a, I can't remember what case, like somehow I have, uh, I'll, I'll talk about that in a minute, but I, I've got two cases, two versions of the same game. And I think I opened one of them and this was in there as well. I was like, well, okay, that works out pretty well for Davey. So perfect. that's the first game I'm playing is MLB 2K12. So from the sounds of it, you do like a be a pro kind of idea. Yeah, exactly. So it's the, uh, I mean, I will play the odd nine inning game just against the computer, but that that's a, a long undertaking whereas yeah. yeah i will do a i it's the I, i'm sure it's, my career yeah my career that's what it was called yeah. yeah yeah so i do that one just because it's it's me coming up through the through the minor league system and i get to i get to just go through and you you build up experience points and the better you are the the better chance you have of of getting up and playing with the the big clubs so i'm still playing with the the portland sea dogs so oh, okay. I'm still in double A right double now. Double A? Yeah, because I just started uh, within the last, I mean, it was since I moved here, so less than a month ago. So, But I've gotten right. through a, a full season and played Grapefruit League with the Red Sox, and I think I hit about 289 through Grapefruit hey, that's League. Not bad. And yeah, I was I, with six homers or something like that. Like I was like, oh, maybe I'll just skip triple a altogether and get up with the, the the big club and that didn't happen so i'm back down with the the portland sea dogs and whatever it's still are your hats amazing yes i can't remember i know the the logo is pretty sweet it's well it just portland sea dogs sounds like an amazing that there's potential there for an amazing hat totally like i'm yeah, sure the possums suck it'll just look like boston not to say that boston's logo Probably. suck it's just like meh it, that's not that's yeah. not exciting no, I know. I know exactly what you're saying. So, yeah. Anyway, it's – it's. I'm sure I, – I haven't really paid much attention to the hats. I will I will pay more attention the next time I play and let you know. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so that's what I'm doing. So I, I've started – my current player is – he's in the, the minor league system with the Red Sox. And so I'm playing as a, as a third baseman. But I also started another one just because I was curious about how it would go. So I'm I'm in the, the Phillies organization as a pitcher. Ooh. Yeah. So it's very different being a pitcher than a than a third baseman because literally like the first five innings I was I pitched the first five innings I pitched a shutout it was a pretty good game but I still my team ended up losing but I didn't I just had an, well, no, it's a decision. no decision for you yeah like, that's so whatever I mean for my first outing that wasn't that bad but it's very different because I'm absolutely just a I'm just a, a pitcher and so you get up there and you're pitching every batter every inning instead of just okay, you're playing this one at bat, this one pitch as a third baseman when the ball comes to you. So 
It's a different yeah. world. So it won't be one I go to as often, but it's still cool to, to play various positions. Oh, that sounds good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a pretty good little game. Uh, first up for me is Marvel Heroes Omega. I had half mentioned it um, in our last one of these that I just was looking towards picking it up. Right, uh, yeah. As I was just coming off of Persona 5 when we did the last one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Marvel Heroes Omega, I'm not going to spend too long on it because on this past Sunday, I wrote a, a big old article on it on theguysfrom.com. Okay. But basically, it is an MMORPG where you don't really have to play with other people, but you can. Okay. So there's couch co-op, and you can also play online with each other. And it's basically Diablo win Marvel. So instead of being like a demon hunter, yeah. I'm Nightcrawler or cool. Doctor Strange. And so then you're going through a nine-chapter story, and then because it is an MMO, there are operations, there's events. So they recently, in honor of Spider-Man Homecoming... They built a, a Daily Bugle map, so you got to go through the Daily Bugle and fight off the Sinister Six who are trying to find out Spider-Man's identity. That's and fun. So you do move like a half-hour, hour-long mission, then you can bail or you can level up a new character or whatever. Nice. So very cool. Yeah, it's also free to get started. It's a free-to-play oh, okay. game. So very cool. Like, as soon as you grab your PlayStation, if you wanted to, you could get this game and play one of... I listed them on the article. There's, like, eight or nine characters that you can get without dropping a dime to start. So if you wanted to be Hulk, you could be Hulk or Hawkeye or Black Widow, Nova. Nice. Very cool. So, yeah. Okay. But if you want to know uh, more, just head to the website. I wrote a pile on it, so... Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, the second game I'm playing is uh, Grand Theft Auto 4. I might have been playing it the last time. I think it was I just because it was something that I, I had played were. before. Yeah, so, I mean, it's a big map. I looked, I, I, I don't think I've gotten, I think I'm up to 25% complete or something. Like, it is a big map. Okay. So, it's just one that I, it's nice to, to kind of pop that back in. I feel like it's one that I don't have to to play all the time. Because I've played no. it before, and so it's just one that I can revisit when I feel like it and when I want to just run amok in New York City. So yep. it's just, it's it's a game to, to play when I just want to shoot some people. So There uh, you go. Yeah, yeah. So like I said, I've played it before. I mean, it's it's Grand Theft Auto, New York City this time. That was the ori- original one, right? Like the original Grand Theft Auto was in Liberty City? I think so. Because it's been in a couple different places, but I feel like Liberty City was the one that they kind of kept coming back to. So yeah. anyway, it's uh, kind of revisiting there on a on a you get all all the the different boroughs and it's it's pretty sweet. So you know you get to kill people when you want and shoot people or drive and you know the there's always the the missions that I can't stand. Like I always suck at the when I have to chase somebody on a motorcycle. I have to do that mission three or four times because I inevitably hit something and fly <laughs> off the motorcycle and. Yep. The guy gets away, so then... But the nice thing about this version is if that happens and you fail a mission, you get a text message and you can just restart the mission right away. You don't have to drive back to the person's place. It just respawns you there. Yeah, which is a lot so, nicer. Yeah, so there are a few different additions that Rockstar did. I'm like, yeah, that's a that's a nice move. So anyway, that's, uh, that's the next thing I'm playing. Cool. Uh, the Evil Within is next for me. 
Okay. It is a horror game. I got you to react to, as an Andlor, the second game trailer. Right. Yeah, okay. Remember the, the weird one with the girl on fire and then all the milk and stuff? Yeah? That. This is the first one. Okay. So you're playing yeah. the first one because of the second one, right? Like because of the trailer yeah, for the second one? Yeah, I played the first one? Okay. one because the trailer for the second looked really cool. Okay, and? It's good. Okay. But it's not my style of horror game. I'm not a huge Resident Evil 4 style fan. It's long distances between checkpoints, stealth, not a lot of ammo, and it's that weird over-the-shoulder shooting thing. Like, it's a close-up third person. Oh, yeah, okay. So, I actually, I got into a few sections where it really felt like Resident Evil 4. I was in a village, there were crazy people covered in barbed wire, and I needed to get through a door. So... Like, I don't, I liked it, but it Mm -hmm. didn't hit everything I was hoping it would based on how excited I was for that trailer. Right. Did I enjoy it? Yes. Was the story really cool? Yeah, the story was really cool and a lot was left open, but I just wish that it, I just wish for more. So I'm hoping that when two comes out, what I hear is, is that they've redone a few things and it's a bit more... It's just more my alley. Gotcha. And if not, I'll watch somebody else play it. <laughs> cool. Okay. Yeah. The only other game I'm playing is, um, like I said, I, I got my little studio area set up, or my, my study area, and I've got a Sega up there, so I popped in NHL 94 just to to, <laughs> to give the Sega a test run. And nice. Man, it's just, there's something to be said about having a, a game that's, just up down left right shoot past you know like yeah. there's the, the the newer versions are fun because they're a lot more i guess intuitive and it's a lot more realistic in the sense that you're you can take a wrist shot or you can take a, a slap shot or you control everything whereas this one is just like and you shoot so i mean it's it's almost harder in a sense because you don't have nearly as much control but man it's just so fun to get to these games again and just play them for the sake of playing them. So I'm not going back to my Sega often, but I know my, my cousin Keegan lives in Lethbridge, and if he comes over, we'll definitely be hitting up the old Sega. And oh, I've nice. got a couple other boxes I need to unpack, and somewhere in these boxes is my Sonic the Hedgehog. I know I have it here somewhere. I just haven't uh, discovered it since I moved. Gotcha. So once yeah. I get that, then I'll be definitely playing some Sonic too. So that'll be that'll be forthcoming. But I'm, I'm playing 94. some Sega. Right? Bruins or Flames? Oh, it's flames! I still like. I've got Flurry and Newendike are still on the team, and uh, who else is? Al McInnes is still on the team. This is just before he went to St. Louis, so I've got some some great players. It's like golden so, age flames still. Golden age, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's been it's been pretty fun. I played the Oilers. I lost in a overtime heartbreaker. I think I put the puck into my own net, so it was, uh, it was ah. a tough pill to swallow. Yeah. Yeah. You smithed it. Yeah, totally. Exactly. <sighs> There's an obscure reference that most of our audience won't get. <laughs> yeah. In 1986, Steve Smith scored on his own net when the Oilers were playing the Flames. And so the Flames, that wasn't the only reason, but that helped to get the Flames past the Oilers to go on and face the Montreal Canadiens in 
in in the Stanley Cup Finals where the Flames ended up losing because they encountered a lights out Patrick Waugh who had basically just won the the entire playoffs because of his rookie play. So uh, yeah. Steve Smith, my uncle's name is also Steve Smith, and he got a lot of phone calls I think from angry Oilers fans. So <laughs> awesome! That was fun. Yeah. So that's the last video game. I've got a couple other things I can talk about, but that's the last video game I'm, I play. Hey, Dave. Yeah. I've been playing Battlefield 1. <clears throat> and? It's pretty damn awesome. Is it? <laughs> yeah. It is it is spectacular. I love it. That's the World it. War One game? Yeah, the one that I showed you all those times. Yeah. sent you that Seven Nation Army trailer. Yeah. Yeah. It is it's, it's so good. As good as we hoped? Yeah, it is. It oh, is man. totally as good as I was hoping it would be. It's hard in just the right way, although I am playing on a harder difficulty. Sure. Just because I wanted to. But mm-hmm. uh, the, the single-player stuff is broken into different war stories. So I'm okay. not through all of them yet. Uh, I have done four of the six so the first one's a tutorial where you're a harlem hellfighter and that's basically just teaching you the the basics and how to to run everything sure yeah then i'm i'm doing them in numerical order you can do them in any order you choose nice so the first one i did was a driver of a tank a british driver of a tank so it's the story of the tank crew trying to keep old best going cool through the French countryside, which I might add is completely destructible. I was having trouble fighting a German tank, so I smashed through a house, used the cover to give me a bit of repair time, because they were a, a light tank, like a fast light tank. Right. So I was able to drive through a house, park inside the house, repair quick to get a little bit more mobility going, and then punched through the house and shot him. Cool. You can go through anything. Okay. The second one I did was fl- a flyer, an American flyer who joined the RAF, like Eagle Squad, basically. Okay. Where yeah. you also, basically, you're flying a plane, so you got to do the rockets and figuring out how to fly, which was tricky at first, but once you got the hang of it, it was so fun, and it looked absolutely gorgeous. There's a... I don't want to spoil it, but there is a firefight... Right. There is a dogfight and a firefight in a place that you won't expect that looks absolutely amazing. Okay. And then the last one that I did, the one that I most recently finished, um, you are a, an Italian Alpine commando. So the guys that wore the heavier armor and carried the really heavy guns to go through the Alps. Cool. And it's the story of, like, it's a story told by the player that you were the player by the person that you are he is it's like a birthday or an anniversary or something Mm -hmm. and so his daughter comes up to get him and he is looking at pictures from the war so it is his story of him and his brother in the war and it is so good (laughs) cool it's super sad they did they they're doing the first world war stories justice that sounds amazing it's brutal 
it's hard, the weapons are exactly what you're expecting them to be. Every okay. time you die in-game, it pops your name up with the, your date of birth and date of death. Whoa. So instead of the, like, game over screen, you get, like, it, obviously it's, uh, the name we always use, Atticus Smith, 1897 to 1918 every time so mm-hmm. every time you fail you get your death notice <laughs> it's just like oh uh, boy oh that hurts my heart but it's so good i haven't really dabbled much into multiplayer yet that's not usually my jam but i think right. i might give a little bit of a, a try to it and a few of my friends on the network have also said now that they've seen me playing it they're like if you want to dabble a bit i play this class so we could squat up i'm like mm, that's tempting interesting but oh man the the flying missions there's zeppelins and it's there's one that happens at sunrise and it's just through the mountains and oh so cool cool oh that's good to know i can't wait to get a playstation just for that game by the time you do i bet you you will be able to get battlefield one for 30 bucks 25 30 bucks i that's what i paid i paid 25 bucks for it so okay and i am super happy with that that's awesome. That is so good to know. Yeah, so good. Fantastic. Basically, anything else that I'm playing is is actually playing. So I was playing a bunch of slow pitch before I left for Lethbridge. And right. since I have left, I have not been able to play. But I am not counting out the fact that I won't be able to play before the season ends. There might be a chance I might get back and just take like a Friday off and head up to Calgary on a Thursday and, and just... Get a little slow pitch in? Yeah, exactly. Um, but I've also played four or five rounds of golf since we last podcasted about last. Yeah. Nice. So, I mean, uh, in June, I, we hosted my cousin Stag cause he got married in June. And so we went and played a round of golf for that. And then the day before his wedding, we went and golfed and, um, yeah, I've been out, I've been out a few times. So my game is awful. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask because it's been a while. Oh, man i can't seem to string together a a complete 18 uh the day before his wedding so the the friday before his wedding i shot a 46 on the front nine i was like okay that's that's not bad terrible considering how little you get to play like yeah, yeah i mean i've never been a been a like I can, sh- I used to be able to shoot low forties, but you know I wouldn't. Like if I break ninety, I'm pretty happy. So I was like forty six. That old that poises me. If I have a really good back nine, I can I can play a really solid. I, I can get a decent score here. You know maybe a maybe a ninety if I shoot a forty four or ninety one. Like that that would be That's fine. Not bad, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, I feel like there's a butt coming. I think I, I, think I shot a fifty six on the back. Oh, yeah. Oof. Yeah, so my just my drives went off the rails. I started spraying my drives, and then I would try and overcompensate, and I would snap hook my drive. And yeah, and I just everything went to hell. And so that's been literally every game. It's like I will have one good nine and one bad nine, or maybe just two bad nines. It's just been it's been really frustrating. So I need to to go to the driving range and hit about. 200 golf balls just to try and get my my swing back into shape but i'm right in time for winter been, yeah good call yeah right exactly yeah <laughs> yeah but i mean i know i'll be going out a couple more times this summer so i feel like i just need to to try and get my 
my game back on on track at least just to to write my my drives and make sure that i can hit things straight again because that was half the problem was i would get myself into so much trouble right off the tee that i'd take you know i'd put it into the into the bush and so then i'd have to take a a little hack just to get it out of the trees in order to get on the fairway so i'm already laying two a hundred yards back from where i could even drive it yeah so it's just that sort of frustration. The weirdest thing was that day in Vernon where I shot the, I think it was 103 or something like that. I didn't lose one golf ball. I played with the the same golf ball the entire round and still shot a 56 on the back. Wow. Yeah, that's, it was weird. It was a very weird day. I mean, that's that's efficient, right? Like, that's right? You're, you're saving yeah. money? Uh, yeah, it just... I, I would get into I would just get because it wasn't like the trees were there so it wasn't like it was you weren't plunking it in a water hazard or no shagging it into trees, grass it was, or yeah it wasn't like it was heavy brush underneath the trees it was just tall trees with grass underneath so if if I hit the trees I could still find the ball but I would be behind a gigantic tree and would still have to chip around it in order to have a, a an approach to the green so it was just frustration there so i mean i just i need to go find a driving range and clean them some things up and every now every couple years i have to do that and just find my swing again and just not do it somewhere where i'm not in my own head where it's like okay i need to hit this on a rope otherwise i'm screwed because then as soon as you start thinking about it then that's when things go to hell Oh yeah you're screwed so Yeah. yeah so i need to do it somewhere where there's no pressure and the driving range is perfect for that so i feel like I'll go find a driving range in the next couple weeks and try and straighten some things out. So yeah, that's that's the other thing I've been playing is I've been playing some golf. Cool. I can't remember the last time I got a round in. I know. It's been a very I long feel time. Bad for you. Hmm. <laughs> my golf clubs are buried in my storage room even. Like I haven't had them out in a couple oh, really? years. Oh yeah, like I just I don't know. Tough on our schedules. Especially tough on my schedule. Yeah, because that's totally. a big chunk of time. Yeah, my schedule. Yeah, and my schedule has opened up a little bit, so I can go play a Twilight Nine somewhere around Lethbridge. Because yeah, which I'd is be what I used to do. At, Yeah, exactly. Right. So it's just a matter of like I don't have the money for it right now because of moving and everything. I all my money. I'm yeah. still waiting for my reimbursement for that. But and I haven't gotten my first check from the school yet. So there's a few things that I'm still waiting on, but. The time is there now, so it's just a matter of having the money to do it. But, you know, like, pay 25 bucks for a Twilight yeah, Nine. Not, I'm pretty happy with that. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, one last video game for me, and I won't spend too long on it, because, again, I did write an article on theguysfrom.com about it, and that's Abzu. Okay. Abzu is a silent adventure game. It's a narrative adventure game where you're basically just exploring the story through action and some light puzzle solving. It's loosely tied into Sumerian mythology and the cosmic ocean theory. Um, you... So, it, let's say Dave gets Abzu. Okay. Abzu, or Dave loads Abzu up on his Xbox. I don't know if it's on 360. It's probably not. But he loads it up on his new PlayStation. And the first thing that happens is he wakes up. His character wakes up mm-hmm. floating in an ocean. And then you dive down and you can you start finding fish. 
and you start you can grab onto fish to ride them okay a ways you start finding shells um and you start getting led by a great white shark to try and revitalize the world ocean so over the course of two to two and a half hours you are doing that that's it then it's over it's two and a half hours long and you experience the story through environmental storytelling, basically. So watching what's going on around you and finding ruins of old civilizations and seeing frescoes and mosaics and stuff, you can kind of piece together what happened. Interesting. So that's pretty much it, other than watching. And I have been watching a lot of things, you guys. (laughs) Yeah, Dave sure has been. So how do we want to do this? Uh, Back and forth. How many do you have? Uh, I can go until I have to stop. Okay. Well, I have... I called a bunch of things, so I have nine nine things on my list. Kate? That's right. I had to call things in order to come up with only nine things to watch that I've been watching. That's how many things I've been watching. So, I mean, we could just go back and forth. Sure. And I can tell you when I'm... I mean, just pick your the, the nine that you feel are most pertinent and whatever. I mean... Yeah, that works. I will... Okay, I will start with uh, South Park just because you and I have a project forthcoming that involves watching a load of South yep. Park. How far are you at? And so I'm just finishing season six. Literally, the there's I have one episode left of season six. So I just watched um, uh, My Future Self and I. Oh, yeah. Which is an okay episode, yeah, but fine. I'm just about to watch uh, Red Slay Down. Yeah. Uh-huh. Which is the the Christmas episode based on Black Hawk Down where Santa gets shot down. Yeah, and so they have to enlist Jesus' help to go save him. Yep. It's amazing. I can't wait for it. Um so yeah, I'm just about to start season seven, which is gonna be great. Nice. Yeah. You're watching it too, right? Yes. Okay, question for you. Uh-huh. Are you finding your cause you're watching it on Crave? Crave TV. Okay, because on my Crave, I'll watch an episode, but the sound will kick out, so I'll have to re- like rewind it 15 seconds so that the crave so that the sound works again, and it happens a couple times per episode. Has that been happening to you? Off and on on certain episodes, yes. Okay. Okay, so it's not just my TV. It's not just my... Nope. I've been getting that as well. My, okay. Okay, good. Then I'm... I mean, it's still frustrating, but I'm less frustrated by it because i know that it's happening to other people so at least it's not just me yeah and i haven't been getting it on anything else i've just been getting it on south parks weird so i don't know all Uh, right yeah i am just about to start season 11 or 12 12 i think okay uh and that which means that major boobage is on the horizon and i am super excited about that because i love major (laughs) boobage I know you do. I just, I still think that you should, before you get there, because you're going to get there eventually, Mm -hmm. but before you watch Major Boovage, because Heavy Metal is on Netflix now, I think you should stop, watch Heavy Metal, and then watch Major Boovage. That's fair. Do I have to watch all of Heavy, wait, is it a movie? Yeah, it is. is It's like an hour and a half. Okay. I, I remember friends watching it when I was growing up, and okay. Yeah, maybe I'll do that. It seems like the right thing to do. It sure does. Okay. Plus, you love 80s metal. So. That is true. You're not wrong. So, uh, yeah, it's been <laughs> there's been a lot of South Park because I can and I have to. And 
it's a good thing to to have on you know it's like okay i'm gonna ha- i'm gonna eat some supper here so i'll watch a couple episodes yeah. while i'm eating supper and then i'll move on to watching a movie or playing a game or reading a book or whatever right so it's just yeah, good exactly. to, to ha- get to watch a couple episodes so yeah so that's my first thing cool game of thrones is back yeah it sure is it's been real good so far has it two episodes three episodes in uh, as of our recording this, two, but okay. when this comes out, it'll be three. Right, that's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. Um, I've been... I know I'm not going to be able to avoid all the spoilers forever because I'm so far behind on on Game of Thrones, but literally, I was listening to Sports Talk Radio the other day, and um, they were talking... They went from... It's kind of a, a variety. We'll we'll talk about everything on this show, sort of thing. And okay, they're like, sure. oh, we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about uh, Game of Thrones is like and changing the channel because <laughs> I just I'm trying to avoid spoilers as best I can. I know it's impossible to do it outright, but also this is what the eighth season, seven, seven. So I'm this is the sure... second to last season. Eight will be the last, okay. so that everything is gearing up and gearing together and bringing stuff together. I'm trying to stay vague. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I totally understand that. But I feel like by the time I get to season seven, I'll have forgotten all the things that people have said about all the things because I've gotten, I've had six seasons to get through. The problem is, is you might not. Because once you start clicking into the characters, you might be like, oh, I knew that was coming. And right. that would kind of suck. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, so the, season seven has just started. Yes. My goal is to be caught up on Game of Thrones before season eight. Okay. I think that's doable. It's possible. I'd have to watch a lot of Game of Thrones. It is one of those series, though, that once you get hooked on it, and you're like, oh, I could just watch one, and then you'll watch four. Yeah, so I feel like it's doable. So that's, that's my goal for the next year and a half. Year. Year. Ugh. All right. Well, we'll see. Yeah. Okay. It'll be it'll be tricky. We'll see how it goes. Okay. Anyway, I'm not going to say anything else. I'm back on Game of Thrones. If you want to talk to me about Game of Thrones, Twitter is the best place to do it. Yeah. There you go. Probably because yeah. then I can just reply rather than ruining it for Dave. Yeah, that would be nice. I'd appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, I don't have. I've literally everything else that I've been watching TV wise is just like The Office and stuff that I've just had on in the background, like. As I've been drafting and drawing at work for course prep, I've got Brooklyn Nine-Nine on in the background, so I'm not going to dwell on okay. those. Um, because I've watched a ton of movies recently. and I Well, mean, then how about I just roll some TV then, okay. just real quick to get them out of the way. Uh, American Gods on Amazon Prime. Okay. Based on the Neil Gaiman book. Okay. Uh, starring Ian McShane. It's pretty good. I'm enjoying it. I'm going a little slower than I thought I would be, though. Oh, really? Yeah. Part of it is because it is on Amazon Prime, and Canada does not have an Amazon Prime app for PS4, whereas the U.S. does. So I have to watch it on my computer, and usually by the time I want to watch something like that, as it's super dark, yeah, I'm, I've am i packed my computer up, and the idea of turning it back on to then have to worry about OneDrive, to then have to worry about updates, to then have to worry about all that other stuff, I'm just like, ugh, no. Right. <laughs> Netflix. So, but I have been enjoying it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Attack on Titan season two got wrapped up. 
it was awesome. I'm really excited for season three, and they already announced that season three is actually coming, so there's no five-year wait between seasons this time. It should only be, like, a normal year wait. Which is super appreciated. Yeah, yeah. Yamishi Bai is back for another season. Those are those four-minute Japanese horror stories, which I always watch. Oh, yeah! I can't remember. I think this is season five? Cool. I think it's season five. So that just came back, so I've been enjoying that a little bit. And last up for me, TV-wise, and it's kind of TV, is the four-part mm-hmm. miniseries, which is basically a movie, which makes this an awesome transition, that they did of Castlevania. Oh! Netflix did an animated Castlevania four-part series. Cool! It runs under two hours. It's essentially Castlevania 3's story. So you've got Alucard and Belmont right, yeah. and Dracula and... Yeah. It's so good. That's awesome. You don't even have to be into Castlevania. Like, you don't have to know the story or anything. And it was still good. And I've heard that from a number of people where they're like, I don't know anything about Castlevania, but I like vampires. I'm like, watch this. I like And they come back and they're like, yeah, that's dope. Castlevania was so fun. Both of them. Both of them. (laughs) There's like 12. But yes. Oh. So the ones that you've played, you enjoyed. Yeah. Uh, well, if you are looking for, and they're separated into episodes, so you can watch the 20 minute episodes, like it's a series if you want, it's animated, it's four parts. The guys that plays Thorin Oakenshield in The Hobbit, speaking of The Hobbit, mm-hmm. two Hobbit references in one podcast, booyah, Woo! he yeah. plays Belmont, like he is the voice of Belmont. Okay. So, it's got a great, great voice cast, it's really well put together. Nice. So yeah. Castlevania. Very cool. All right. Next thing I'm going to talk about is one that I'm not going to really dwell on because I wrote about it. Yeah, I wrote about a movie. So I uh-huh. I just went and saw Dunkirk the day it came out because that's how excited I was to see it. And I had the afternoon off and I had free movie passes. So it was just kind of like the perfect storm. Perfect storm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So I went and just decided that I was going to go watch Dunkirk. And so by myself, I just went and did it. And it was real good. But like I said, I wrote a review on the the website. It came out last week. So you can go find it. It's in the movie section. It has all my thoughts on it there. So yeah, you can. It's a good read. No, thank you. Yeah, it was uh, it was a, it was a fun one. Um, it wasn't fun. It wasn't a fun movie, but it was. Well, well, no, it's still Dunkirk. Yeah, it was but... a fun experience, just kind of doing the whole thing. So, you might have already seen a Best Picture nominee. That's crazy. Think about that for a second. You. Yeah, I actually I thought about that <laughs> earlier, and I can't remember what the context was, but I was like, "Whoa, this one might actually get a nomination." Uh, it could. Yeah. It very easily could. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, well, if we're going with the idea of not dwelling on things first, I will talk <laughs> about Speedy. Speedy is a okay. Buster Keaton film. Not Buster Keaton, sorry. Harold Lloyd. Are they kind of the same era? Oh, yeah. It was Chaplin, Lloyd, and, and Keaton. Okay. were all making movies at the same time. Gotcha. Buster Keaton was known for the crazy stunts and the intricacies. Charlie Chaplin was known for his characters and basically the the set pieces. Right. And Harold Lloyd made the best movies. So his stunts oh, okay. aren't as good. 
his like the the comedy is not as broad or crazy as the other two but right. the story structure of his movies is usually the best interesting yeah okay so this one is about a handcart not a handcart uh like a horse trolley cart mhm his girlfriend's grandfather runs the last horse drawn trolley in New York City and he's allowed to keep his rail line away from the railroad guys as long as he runs his cart once every 24 hours. Huh. So the railroad barons are like, well, then all we have to do is steal a cart. And there's your premise. Right. Uh, Babe Ruth makes a appearance as himself. Awesome. I assume it's it's Yankees Babe Ruth and not Red yeah, Sox it's, Babe Ruth. Yeah, it's Yankees yeah. era. Speedy okay. is a huge baseball fan that he keeps losing jobs because he's so obsessed with baseball. Oh, okay. Uh, but then he takes over driving this horse trolley cart because his girlfriend's grandfather is not feeling as well, basically. Right. And he keeps hearing rumors that some the railroad guys are going to hire toughs. Okay. So he figures he would be better off to to protect the horse cart than this old man would be. Right. So yeah, it's good. Very cool. How did you find that one? It was just on TCM. And oh, okay. whenever I see a Harold Lloyd movie or a, or a Buster Keaton or a Chaplin that I haven't seen, I always just record them. That's fair. That makes sense. So. Cool. Plus, and I got to see Babe Ruth. Babe that Ruth. That is pretty sweet. <laughs> like, that alone is pretty awesome. Yeah. Huh. Very cool. I finally saw Raising Arizona. Hey. Closer yeah. to our Cohen ranker. Right. In an effort to to try and get through all the Cohen Brothers movies, I watched Raising Arizona. It was on some movie station, and so I just figured, okay, that's oh, I think it was on FX. And so I oh, mean, yeah. like they they censored out some of the the cuss words, and it, there were commercials, so it was a little frustrating. But I PVR'd it, so I just had to fast forward through them. Okay. Um, better than I was expecting it to be. Not my favorite Coen Brothers movie, right? Because how is Raising Arizona going to compete with The Big Lebowski or Fargo or uh, True Grit? Like it, it had some competition, right? Yeah. But as f- it, it was better than I thought it was going to be, and it was cool to see some of those, like some of those characters or the actors that have been loyal to the Coen Brothers and the Coen, Coen Brothers have been loyal to them right and so it was neat to see a younger john goodman and a francis mcdormand and i mean I don't, has holly hunter done anything else with the Coen brothers i'm not sure but like i don't remember nicholas cage kind of yeah nicholas cage kind of went on to do more things but um not with the, the Coen brothers and i think he just got too i don't know if it's too big for him or if it was just for them or if they just decided that maybe he wasn't Coen brothers material but like it was it was an interesting film for sure yeah noticeably absent and i'm pretty sure it's because he probably wasn't acting a lot yet was john turturro oh who is such a staple in a lot of following a a lot of coen brothers movies after that but i think it was just too new or too early for him so um sure anyways a very interesting concept so it's basically about this um a, a reformed criminal and his cop wife who desperately want a baby but they discovered that they can't conceive and so because he's a criminal they can't adopt so they ended up actually kidnapping a baby because this this 
couple had five. They had what would that be? Uh, centuplets, quint quintuplets, quintuplets. Yeah, yeah, quintuplets. Yeah, yeah, they quintuplets, and so they decided that they that was more than they needed. So they they steal this baby, and it's them trying to raise this baby, and the the, the fallout that happens, and um, really interesting concept. And I liked Holly Hunter, and I actually really like Nicolas Cage in it, and it was yeah, he's uh, very good. A, yeah, he really is. It's it's a really good movie. So and some really cool parts and some really funny moments and it's just it, it wasn't my favorite, but I'm glad to have seen it. Cool. Mm-hmm. Longtime listeners are going to appreciate this. Oh, okay. Dave, I saw Passengers. I've got Passengers PVR'd. I don't think it's I don't think it's recorded yet, but I saw that it was on the movie station and I was like, okay, this is happening. So I PBR'd it so I can watch it in the near future. Yeah. And? It's fine. Yeah? It's not better than fine, but it's fine. Okay. Like, it's a, it's okay. a very enjoyable movie. I had a good time mm-hmm. when it was done. I didn't think about it again. Okay. Except about the fountain. And? Dave, that fountain is... It, it almost makes sense. Really? Almost. And they end so up, is there some explanation to it? No, uh, not at all. Okay. But okay. If you, the only reason we're thinking deeper about this is because of how long mm-hmm. we spent on it when we did the trailer reacts about a fountain yeah. on a colony ship. Yeah. But it almost works. Okay. And I don't want to say anything else because yeah. you are going to watch it and then mm-hmm. on our next time... I suppose we can then talk about passengers. Or if you really want to, and we have a spare fifteen minutes at the end of a podcast that's not going two hours long, we could throw in a fountain talk. Okay, there we go. That either one of those works out. Um, uh, am I happy I didn't pay to go see it in theaters? Yes. Am I happy I've seen it? Yeah. Okay. That's about that's, where I'm at with that. That's perfect. And that's why I'm happy okay, great. Then I'm happy that I've got it set to PBR. In fact, by the time this drops, I probably will have seen it. Yeah. Because it will be recording in the next couple days, and this won't... I mean, from our recording to a release, this is going to be a, a, about a week. So yeah. I bet you I will have seen it between now and when this comes out, but just not as of our recording is, So No, that's fair. All right. Oh, man. I'm glad you've seen it. Yeah. And I'm glad that I will see it, too. Yeah, me too. You, you saw it on the movie, movie network as well? Yeah, I did. I PVR'd it and okay. then just watched it. Yeah. That's kind of what I figured. Yeah, it, it was... I mean, tell us you can do the... Th- like, it's pretty cool now that you can restart a movie if you catch it and even, like, three minutes left, you can start it from the beginning again, Yeah, which is a pretty cool thing. I just... I didn't have the time to put to it yesterday when I saw that it was on, so I was like, okay, well, I'll just... If it's on right now, it'll be on again soon, and so I just set my PPR for it the next time it came up, but... Uh, yeah, that works. Yeah, I'm gl- I'm glad that it's out there. So, I I just watched Hard Candy. Have you seen Hard Candy? Ah, uh, the Ellen Page. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that. I just watched that the other day. So I was at Shannon's place and I was looking at all the DVDs, and it was one that just kind of sticks out at you because there's no real design to the the DVD case. It literally just says Hard Candy on it. And so I asked her about it, and she said, "Well, I can't really explain it to you." You just kind of have to watch it, and so we just sure. watched it, and it's a it's a pretty messed up movie. Yep. Uh, so 
there's literally like the the cast at the end in in the credits was five people. Yes. There's the the coffee coffee store clerk. There's Ellen Page. There's um, oh, I can't remember his name offhand. The guy from um, uh, Patrick Wilson. Yeah, it's Patrick Wilson. He's in it. And Sandra Oh has a very small part. And then this girl at the end who I've never seen. So there's literally five people in the movie. It's a very small film. Essentially one location. Like, I think it was fairly... Um, done fairly on the cheap as far as movies go. But, man, it's a, it's a pretty messed up concept. So it's basically just about a... A one-day relationship between a 30-year-old and a 14-year-old. And I'm not going to go into what the relationship is or anything like that. It's just, it's pretty messed up. Yeah, it sure is. And there were some really hard scenes to watch. I'm glad, again, I'm glad to have seen it. And it's one that I don't need to see again. Even Shannon said it's one of those movies where she doesn't watch it unless somebody asks, hey, what's that movie? I just, I'm surprised she she has it. She likes weird, twisted movies, apparently. But not enough to watch it on her own, only when other people want to see it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, it's one that I guess she thinks other people need to see. So no, I get I, it. I kind of get it, yeah. Ellen Page is really young in it. Yes. And Patrick Wilson doesn't look like he look like he's changed at all. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a really interesting concept and just a really hard movie to watch. So yeah, anyway, it is. If you can find it, check it out. It's like, I take your challenge of hard movie to watch, and I raise you a son of Saul. Okay. That was the best foreign son film from two years ago. The one that I yeah, talked okay. about I on the website it. before the Oscar nominations were even out, where I'm like, this is going to win, and it did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember hearing, like, I, as soon as you said it, was like, that that name sounds familiar. I, I feel like I am, it has been brought up at some point. So, yeah. okay. So it's a really happy movie? Uh, yeah. It's it's uh, really uplifting. Uh, okay. You feel, you feel so good at the end. It's just just so good, Dave. Do you... <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Somehow I've, your tone doesn't convince me, but that's okay. Well, it's, uh, it's set in Auschwitz. Oh, good. Because all happy movies are set in concentration camps. And it's centered around a prisoner who um, works at Auschwitz, essentially, as one of the people who burns the bodies and then goes oh. through the, the stuff afterwards. Um, he finds a the body of a boy who he thinks is his son. Oh... God. Um, it is shot brilliantly in the fact that it's not it's not point of view, but it's shot like you are also there. So oh, everything is close. Okay. Everything is super close. Uh, mm. It's on Netflix. That's how I saw it. Alright. It's brilliant. Well. And I'm happy I've seen it, and I will never watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> but it's yeah so good that's, that's fair nice okay so it won the best foreign film yes hungary's first win amazing okay well then that's a good way to shoehorn my way into guys i've seen three best picture winners in the last month uh, wow yeah 
So the first one I'm going to talk about is the most recent one I watched, which was literally last night, uh, Mrs. Miniver. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Sean, I'm sure at some point you've talked about it on the, the podcast before because you have just recently seen it, right? It was within the like last within, year. Yeah, yeah. So so it was probably, probably a what got we're brought up, up to. on one of the – yeah. Uh, just as a recap, if this is your first time listening, we it's about uh, – a middle upper class family in the during the second world war in britain who they just they they face different trials and tribulations through the first couple years of the war right um and it's all home front it's all home front yes yeah so you don't see any of the actual war there's you the only time you ever see anything about fighting is at one point they are looking across the channel and you can just see explosions and stuff like that but that is, it, it, you never actually go over to mainland Europe. Everything happens in this little uh, British locale. Yep. Although there is the Blitz. Um, there is the Blitz. So, so you do, there is bombs dropping in in the UK, but you're still in this locale. You're not on mainland Europe. Right. So there is a little bit of fighting, but you never actually see, like, soldiers in the trenches or anything like that. Right. So... Um, it's it's a really interesting story. Um, yeah, it's just it's it's a little slow ride at the beginning, but once you really get invested in these characters, you really get invested in these characters. You just have to get through the first 20, 30 minutes. And I don't yeah. mean that in the sense that they're yeah. bad. It's just they're setting all of the groundwork for what's coming later. But if you stopped mm-hmm. after 20 minutes and we're just like, this isn't very good, you'd be missing on so much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that was the... That was the and it was filmed. It, it came out in 1942, so it won the best best picture in 1943. So it the the war hadn't even resolved itself. That was that's the sort of no, picture this is. Is it's a war film. It's it's a war film. It's almost propaganda like towards the end where there's a very rousing speech right at the end, and it's just basically the. I mean, spoilers alert for the movie, but it's not really spoiling anything. There's the. Um, I want to say the abbot, the vicar, basically gives a, a really rousing speech right at the end and about how you know this battle is being fought at home, not just on the battlegrounds and everything like that. And it's just it's a very very rousing speech, and I feel like people who watched it in 1942 were very became very patriotic as a result of this. So you leave the theater feeling very patriotic. They cut it out it probably, and they played it on the radio. Really? Yeah, that was on Armed Forces okay, Radio. Well, and other radio stations okay. around North America and in Britain. Well, there you go. So that's how impactful it is. Yep. So, very cool. I did not know that. Anyway, um, yeah, it's a it's a great little film. So that was the the first one of of the three best picture winners that I've seen in the last month. Speaking of World War Two movies, I saw Hacksaw Ridge finally. Okay. I know that it's on Netflix right now, so I've been yep. looking to see it. You and I had a conversation about it off the air last week, or off recording last yes. week. So, uh, for our listeners' pleasure, how was it? It is a better story than it is a movie. Okay. The story of uh, the... Oh, man. I can't remember his name. Can you look it up? The the character? While I describe the rest? Yeah. Yeah. So Andrew Garfield's character, uh, right? Yes, Andrew okay. Garfield's character. It is the story of a young pacifist from the south, from Appalachians, Tennessee, somewhere around there, I believe, mm-hmm. who is inspired and feels like he needs to be a part of World War II but refuses to touch a gun. 
because of okay. certain things that have happened in his life and because he's he is at heart a pacifist. Right. Uh, so it, it is about his struggle to get the army to wrap their head around the fact that he wants to do this, and then he does go into the war as a medic. So he was he's willing to gotcha. go, but he's not willing to go kill people. He is willing to go save people. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, Desmond Doss. There we go. Thank you. So mm-hmm. it is, it's based on a true story. This is a man that actually did a lot of the things that were in the film, Hollywoodized a little bit. Okay. Um, sure. But it just, so I, I appreciated it and I enjoyed it, but it was just too Mel Gibson and too Hollywood oh, okay. for me, where the script all of a sudden started throwing cliches and... Like there, a character literally runs in. There's a guy who's sad, sitting in his tent, and one of his junior officers runs and opens the tent flap and says, "Sir, you're not gonna believe what's happening," and I groaned. <laughs> like it just, it's right. it is very much exactly what an old school Mel Gibson action movie is. Right. And all of that that makes it good, and all of that that makes that less awesome. So, Fair enough. Okay. But it's a very good story. The performances are good, and it's enjoyable. It's definitely worth checking out. It's just Best Picture nominee and all of the hype coming around it. Ugh, I don't know. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, my second on the list of Best Picture uh, winners is American Beauty. Ah. I finally saw that one. Yeah. Um, Kevin Spacey is basically going th- I mean he, he's kind of from a waspish family and uh, he's going through a midlife crisis and so is his wife kind of is as well uh, his wife is played by Annette Benning, mm-hmm. who like they're both fabulous in that movie Thor Birch is their daughter and they just have an exceptionally dysfunctional family relationship and uh, Kevin Spacey quits his job but kind of gets severance and and just tries to chill out and he buys himself a new sports car like it's it's essentially he's going through a midlife crisis um but then there's the neighbor the the new next door neighbors chris cooper is a is a military man and his son is kind of a a weirdo shut-in and uh i mean it's just a, a a story about suburbia in the united states yep and it's it's a really really good film and i knew that it was good i'm just glad now that i've finally been able to see it it's you know one of those ones that it's not one i would watch on a regular basis but it's not one like if it's on i will watch it because i find that the the performances are very good yeah so i i really enjoyed it and uh was happy to have seen it cool Mm-hmm. sticking with a kevin spacey theme Nice. We just got all kinds of through lines here. Yeah, it's worked really well, even though we are mm-hmm. taking two hours. Yeah. Now, in the Wings of the World stage, I believe Dave and I talked about this off-air as well after I watched it. I remember recommending it to him. It mm-hmm. is about a touring company show from the Royal Shakespeare in England of Richard III, starring Kevin Spacey as Richard III. Yeah, and I really want to see this. It's you get to see bits and pieces of the play from rehearsal all the way through their tour that takes them everywhere from China to Dubai. It is super cool. It's best if you know the play mm-hmm. 
because and especially for people like Dave and myself, there's a lot to see here because it is it's a theater production by one of the preeminent companies on the planet doing a touring show of one of the biggest plays ever. Yeah. So you get to see the costume and how they've modernized it and how they've cast things interestingly and how they've done the set and the light design and all of that sort of stuff. And if you're not in it for that, you also get a good sense of what it's like to be in a touring company. So you get to spend time with them and they're on vacation and they're talking about what it means and how hard it is and how crazy it is. A lot of them, it's how crazy it is to work with Kevin Spacey. Right. Because this is, this happened in what, 20, oh, 11, 12? Yeah. So Kevin like Spacey this is, is, is yeah. already Oscar winner Kevin Spacey. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amazing. That would be very cool. Netflix. It's oh, awesome. Is it? Okay, great. Yeah. That's how I saw it. Nice. Good to know. Uh, the last of my best picture winners that I've seen recently, and I saved this one for last because it is then transitioning to my next theme, is West Side Story. Awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, it's one of those ones that I put off because A, it's a musical, and B, it's two and a half hours long. Yeah. Um, Just it was barely picture. longer than this podcast. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> but it was one that I... it. I'm trying to trying to find all the best picture winners and you know yeah. that one was accessible and it was on my PBR so I thought okay fine so I'll watch it for those of you who don't know the story it's the sharks and the jets and it's basically the montagues and the capulets so it's romeo and juliet set in new york to music so yep. as i was watching it i was going oh okay so that's how they do the the marriage scene for this and oh so the the guy who owns the candy shop is the is the the friar and um, Anita is the nurse and there are you know there's a lot of ways that it's like okay so that's this person and that's this scene and that's this scene and that's this scene and um, you know it's it's actually quite well done and um, yeah it really is it's yeah. it is a good movie it is yeah of it's, a good musical so yeah, absolutely and I mean everybody has heard some of the songs like America I'm sure some people are familiar with that one but I feel pretty is from that from that show. Like uh-huh. everybody knows the song "I Feel Pretty." It's just it's a song that is synonymous with pop culture. Even if you don't know that you know it, as soon as you hear it, you go, "Oh yeah, I know this song," and that's from West Side Story. Yep. So it it was really good, and I'm really glad to have watched it. I I know I'm saying that a lot of, about a lot of these, but if I <laughs> wasn't glad to have watched them, I wouldn't be talking about them. True. So do so, you only yeah. have two left? I do. So it, it's two more musicals? Yeah. Okay. So I should do two or three more. Two? Because yeah. then we're done? <laughs> That's probably well, I'm looking, at the, I'm looking at the clock. I'm like, this section's an hour. The first section was 55 minutes. I'll try and cut yeah, a little we're, bit we're of the pauses. we're clearing two hours on this one. Yeah. Yeah, this we're is going to be the longest podcast. Yeah. Okay. I will do... I can't match you musical for musical because most of the stuff that I've been watching has been rewatching. Okay. So the next one I want to mention is I finally saw Arrival. Okay. And? It's so good. It is, hey? Yeah. Now. It's so good. Because we, we did a trailer react to Arrival, then we did a trailer react to Passengers. So it's better than Passengers? Yeah. Okay. Much. Would you have? Yeah. 
if you could go back and have seen it in the theater, would you have? I don't feel like it matters. Okay. Maybe to be more supportive of the filmmaker? Right. Sure. But I did rent Arrival. Okay. Because I was just like, I feel like a, oh, Arrival's available. I will rent it. So I, like, I rented it for two bucks or something. It was a special. Okay. Didn't we talk about that on the podcast? I think so, yeah. Yeah, it was on iTunes, wasn't it? A dollar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just listened to that one because we were talking about different ways of finding movies and you said iTunes. I literally just re-listened to that podcast the other day, so. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, uh, I watched that and it was, it was good. I I don't know if it'll crack my top hundred films ever. Yeah. But it's rated high enough that it could. Wow. So it's good enough that it it would be in the conversation. Yeah. Wow. I'd have to consider it. Okay. Cool. I loved it. It's the best film about linguistics I've ever seen. <laughs> but I mean, it's that's, also that's saying something. It's uh the ending makes such a difference. And I can't say anything else without spoiling it. But okay. the ending makes such a difference. All of a sudden, all of these pieces fall into place, and you realize that Denis Villeneuve, the director, is just brilliant. Great. Very cool. So, yeah. Loved it. Okay. Um, my second last movie is The Music Man. and Finally. Like said, right? It was another one of those ones that was on my on my PVR for the longest time and I just thought okay I've got some time Sean keeps talking about this there's references to everything from the music man like Simpsons referenced the music man and Family Guy references it so I just I had to check it out oh man am I ever glad I did it was it was such a great film I love that musical yeah it's a good version of it it really is yeah there's also it was very well written and just very I felt engaged the entire time and yeah, there was which things for that the I, two and a half hour runtime right? that's saying something absolutely I liked it so much there was one quote that I read towards the end that I thought was so good that I actually found it online and took a screenshot of the of the website just so that I could remember it moving forward and it's oh wow yeah you pile up enough tomorrows and you find you are left with nothing but a lot of empty yesterdays I don't know about you but I'd like to to make today worth remembering. What a great line. Do you think that would have made your top 10 movie quote podcast? It might have actually. Yeah. It would have been in the conversation. Absolutely. It would have. I mean, if it was good enough that I went, okay, what did he say there? And then I just, I think I just Googled you pile up enough tomorrows and then auto fill in did the rest for me. And I was like, yeah, that's the one. It's a great line. Yeah. From a great character, from a great movie. Yep. And that you knew, what, 65, 70% of the songs? Something like that. From yeah. other things? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I, we, I keep harping on this, and now Dave can back me up on it. You do not understand, until you've seen The Music Man, how much pop culture relies on The Music Man. Yeah. It's just, it's so synonymous with pop culture now. Yep. Yeah, so that's it's... my second last one. Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then my last one, I don't even know mm-hmm. if we've done an equal amount. I don't care. We've been talking yeah. for two hours. Mm-hmm. Is Moana. Oh, really? Yep. And? Loved it. Yeah, hey. Once, have you seen it? 
No, not yet. Okay. Once it got through the first 20 or so minutes, it turned on a dime and became spectacular. Really? The first 20 minutes felt like standard Disney. Okay. And I was just like, okay, I'm going to get another Disney movie. Yeah. It's this, the first song literally made me feel like, okay, this is a song about everything's fine about where you are, so don't try and change things. Right. It's the same bloody song that they do all the time. <laughs> okay. But then all of a sudden, it switches into Polynesian and Lin-Manuel Miranda. Right. Right. And it becomes a musical about a great character. And Dwayne The Rock Johnson is amazing in it. The lead character, whose name I can never remember, or the lead character's actress, whose name I can yeah, never I remember. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought the lead character was Moana. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah. I'm going to butcher pronouncing her name, but I will try. Aluli oh, Carvalho? Alul- yeah, yeah. Hmm. Okay, yeah. That's a pretty good guess, I would say. Is spectacular. Okay. Jermaine Clement does a David Bowie song. Like, a song like he's David Bowie. Oh my god. So good. Alan Tudyk is in it, randomly. Troy Polamalu is in it, which made me stupidly happy. Because <laughs> it's my man Troy. Yeah. And it's a good story. Like, a really, once she gets away from the first 20 minutes, the first, because you know the Disney trope, right? Mm-hmm. Everything's fine where you are. Dad's overprotective. Well, I'm going on a journey to find myself yeah. or whatever. Insert the Disney MacGuffin. Once she's gone, brilliant. Huh. One of my favorite Disney movies. When we do our top 10, which I know is coming soon, don't worry, person who asked for it, we are going to do it quite quickly fairly soon our top 10 disney it movies? will be in the conversation yeah okay was that as a result of our disney princesses list of and their list of awesomenesses you mean the five star yes yeah. i was gonna try and do the whole title but i'm tired it doesn't matter yeah no that came as a result of that question it totally Perfect. did great i will definitely uh, revisit that topic yeah jen asked for that so we are going to get to it but I can, like, spoiler alert right now, Moana is going to be on that list, and it's going to be high. Fantastic. Well, maybe I'll try and watch that before we get to that list. Netflix. Great. Perfect. Yeah. I, uh, and this is why I didn't mention it in the soundtrack thing. I downloaded the deluxe soundtrack, like, the full thing, the score and all of the songs, and I have listened to it several times through. Wow. It is one of, if not my favorite Disney musical period it is the best written the songs are the best and it's because they went out and they got an actual person who makes musicals to do it Randy, like randy newman yay go randy newman yeah. but lin-manuel miranda <sighs> okay yeah that's i almost wish that you would have gone last <laughs> but i know what's coming yeah. so perhaps the greatest musical ever filmed dave <laughs> It's ridiculous. <laughs> so the last movie that I have on my list that I just recently watched was Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. I am so happy someone else has finally seen this. It is I'm absurd. so happy. It is <laughs> like the, the beginning of the movie, Adam, the the oldest brother of the Seven Brothers, comes to this town because he's a a mountain man and so he comes to this town when he can or when he really absolutely has to 
It's a 1850s Oregon. Yeah. And just his, to give a perspective. Yeah. His goal literally is to leave the village that day with a wife. And he does. Yep. Yep. And then he takes this wife up to his log house where his other six brothers are living. And they're just as mountain manish as he is. And she basically whips them into shape to become gentlemen like that. And yep. Then they but, look for but wives. But how well does that? Uh, but how well does that whipping them into gentlemanly shape go, Dave? Not In so the end. great. They get into no. a big brawl at the at the barn raising, and then they kidnap women. So it's not like they're overly gentlemanly, and yet somehow these characters get Stockholm syndrome and fall in love with the brothers. So. I mean, I'm spoiling the entire movie, but not really spoiling the entire movie because the, the story title doesn't is matter. Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. The story does not matter. What matters no. is seeing it. What matters is the spectacle, and what matters is the ridiculousness of Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. It's so ridiculous. I mm, it was it was it was something else. I really enjoyed it. It was as Sean said when he saw it. It is certainly not a movie that you could redo now no it was never. very it's very dated just some of the things they sing about and some of the things that they talk about it's just like that is not okay <laughs> no but it's it's a movie worth checking out it's from 1954 and Russ Tamblin who also played Riff in West Side Story is in this movie as well sure he's is. a little bit younger but he plays the youngest brother Gideon but even when I was watching, I'm like, man, that guy's he's definitely a musical theater actor. Oh, yeah. He's trained, like, and then I was like, I, he looks kind of, like, I had never seen West Side Story. At, at that point, I saw Seven Brides for Seven Brothers first. I was like, I, like, I As almost you felt should. like I, did. damn right, it. Absolutely. Yeah. I almost felt like I knew that he was in West Side Story. So I wasn't necessarily surprised when I saw that his name was on West Side Story, too. But anyway, it's a, it's a, it's a weird movie. Yeah. Definitely worth checking out if you can, but very, very strange. What was your favorite song? I let I let the other ones go because we're short on time, but I have to know, and the listeners have to know, what was your favorite song in Seven Brides for Seven Brothers? Uh, I can't remember what it's called, but it's the one where they're in the barn and they're talking about the when when the Romans basically kidnapped a bunch of women and made them fall in love with them. What the hell was that called? The... I can't remember. Anyway, it's a it's a weird weird song, but it's it's so good. Huh. What's your favorite song? Uh, I'm always I'm always torn between "Bless Your Beautiful Hide" yeah. and "I Am a Lonesome Polecat." <laughs> because is that the one when they're is that the one when they're chopping the wood? Yes, because yeah, it's okay. ridiculous. Both of them are equally so so fifties, so not possible to do today. And so yeah. funny, but they're actually really good songs. They really are, especially like "Bless Your Beautiful Hide." It's the the motif for a bunch of the movie too. Yep. Like at one point when they have the big dance off at the the barn raising, "Bless Your Beautiful Hide" is the underscore to the dance off. It sure is. And Howard Keel just looks yeah. so happy while he's singing it, looking for a wife that he finds. Yeah, he really does. He are you? Only... Are you talking about the sobbing oh. women? That's the one, the sovereign women. Yeah, yeah. Sobbing. Sobbing? Not sovereign. Oh, that makes way sobbing. More sense. That makes way more sense. The sobbing women. Oh yeah, even better. 
that's that's good. That's that makes way more sense and is way more awful. <laughs> well, I think we have to end on that note. Well, I guess that's it. You, Mr. and Miss Internet, are the lifeblood of our podcast, and we just want to answer your questions. We also appreciate you gutting through two hours of our podcast to listen to this part, or just have a good old chat. Do you want to talk to us on Twitter? I can be found at David Ron. That's Ron with two N's. Sean is at Sean Cord. That's Sean with a U. And we are at Guys From Podcast. You can email us at guysfrompodcast at gmail.com, Facebook us at the Guys From, or find somebody to illustrate a manga comic. If it's good enough, Sean will probably pick it up and read it. Uh, provided it's not too busy or over-illustrated, he'll likely get to it. And when he does, because Lord knows I won't, uh, maybe in that manga comic you can have a question or two, and, and he'll read it and relay that to me, and we might get to your question. Yeah. If you enjoy the guys from podcast, tell anyone you can, any way you can. And as I continuously tell you, the best thing you can do to help us get the word out about our long, rambly podcasts and answering your questions is to leave us a rating or a review on iTunes. We're available pretty much everywhere podcasts are found, although now Spotify started carrying podcasts. So I'm trying to figure out if we can end up there, too, or how that's going to work. Or I don't know. But if you're looking everybody, everybody else, everybody else can find it everywhere else. Yeah. Super. Hey, Dave, is there anything you wanted to plug? Uh, a friend of mine posted all the things that one can do in Lethbridge this summer, and there was a lot of things that I didn't even know were happening, so now I have a list of things that I can do if I'm not watching movies or playing games or reading books or listening to things. So I am charging all you listeners with finding something that's happening in your city of which you are not aware, and then go do said thing. It'll give you a chance to explore some of the city maybe that you didn't know about, and also maybe introduce you to something that you didn't know you would enjoy. So try that. Sean? On our website, www.theguysfrom.com, aside from hosting this Charlton Heston biblically lengthed podcast, we also write articles on things like music, that's indie music, every weekday, throwback tracks every Thursday, Dave writes about movies sometimes, I write about gaming sometimes, we might write about TV again, who knows? <laughs> and where can we find all that again? Www. We listeners? Oh, well, yeah, I, you know where it is. <laughs> www.theguysfrom.com Oh yeah. Head to iHorror.com for all of your horror news, interview, and review needs. And if you haven't seen some of the stuff we're talking about, you should. Specifically like The Music Man and Seven Brides for Seven Brothers and all of the stuff I talked about. Even Son of Saul if you're looking to be sad. There you go. Special thanks to The Sweets for our sweet opening music. Check out their website at www.wearethesweets.com. And also, special thanks to Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com for our takeout music called Fearless First, as well as today's ad music called Rollin' at Five. This has been episode 179 of the Guys From Podcast. This podcast is literally longer than every Star Wars movie. Thanks for listening. Once again, I'm Sean. And I'm Dave. Have a great week, everybody. The Guys From Podcast is brought to you in part by nothing. Nothing is what's going to be after the music in this, because we've already talked enough. Exactly. Yeah.